All right. So I am super excited about this episode of Disrupting Recruitment with Stan Vasevich from all the way from Spain. And so we are going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to his heart, recruiterless recruiting. So Stan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Raul. Great to be here. What? I, I've heard you talk a lot about recruiterless recruiting. Saw your episode with uh, Hung Lee and Adam Gordon. Somehow managed to get my face on that show. But and, and I've talked to folks like Lynn Bailey about it, who are both big super fans of. Why don't we just jump right in and tell me what your what your thoughts are with this whole recruiterless recruiting thing? Man, I think it's about time, Brad. I genuinely think that the developments that happened in general and in general automation are very similar to what electricity was to lamplighters for recruiters. And by that is that they are very quickly becoming obsolete. And I think it's great because I have a passion for helping people get jobs. I love to help employees hire. And I think Recruitment is great. Don't get me wrong. I love recruitment. I think that having that middleman or woman, though, that recruiter role, whether it's a sourcer or an interviewer or a coordinator, all of those type of things are very ready and prone to be disrupted and done away with for the better. Yeah, I think tech has come a long way. And it's really exciting to see some of the exciting tech that's out there and, and some of the things that it can do to help recruiters. And I think, you know, I love this idea of recruiterless recruiting. And as our company grows, I don't think I'll ever have recruiters on our team. I'll probably lean more towards talent consultants who are just, to me, it's about having, feeding the funnel and feeding the pipeline to the point where your talent consultants are having conversations with people who are ready to buy. And, and so you've got all of this tech that can guide people down the path properly to the point where when they're ready for a conversation, then somebody can jump in and have a conversation. And one of the big things that we talk about at Candidate Up is where opportunity meets readiness. And I think to me, that's what drives that recruiterless recruiting is let's get to the point where we have AI and generative AI, conversational AI and automation and pipelines and funnels and all of this stuff, just handholding people in scale through the funnel to the point where they need to speak to somebody to ask questions and get, get that final hurdle kind of covered. So I, one thing you just said, I love when opportunity needs readiness. Is that what you said? Where opportunity meets readiness. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with that. I love that. I hate <laughs> what you said that what I'm really going to go hard against is helping recruiters or making recruiters more productive or making lives easier for recruiters. No, we, as long as we start thinking, keep thinking that way, then all the technology that we're building is going to be built for the status quo. Even groundbreaking new large language model technology that some of these interview intelligence companies, Hired Night, MetaView, RideHire, Honet, they have these great ways for summarizing text or asking 
the bot questions about how the interview went, but they still assume a, hu a human recruiter is doing that. And I think that's silly. That's what's holding us back. We need to take our talented tech people, our talented recruitment minds, and we need to start thinking about technology that will remove the recruiter from that process, right? The same way that we remove the travel agents from the process. That role, that need, it needs to go. It's biased, it's tired, or just went through the force, it's emotional, or it's, it's hungry, it needs to go to bed, it needs to take a leak, it needs to go all this sort of stuff that's making it incredibly inefficient, incredibly inconsistent, unpredictable. You need to train it. It comes at the university. It can't interview a software engineer at the PhD level. It can't interview data scientists or a salesperson or a partner leader or, or anyone. And these large language models, they can. They can interview at level. They're never tired. They're on 24-7. They're non-biased. They can go 140 languages. They can speak to a gazillion people at the same time. They can call. They can be called. They can text. These models, this technology makes having a human take a brief from a specialized hiring manager. There's already noise on the line. That's already when it goes wrong. Completely obsolete. Then having that human reach out to a gazillion people in an incredibly slow fashion one at a time or with some help from, let's say, the CCOWs, Hire Easies, and IREOs by Leo Force, the Texcrows, Declarus, and Worlds. Maybe they could do that scale. Okay, great. But now they need to interpret it themselves. Usually they aren't aware of every job in the database like the ATS. So they aren't aware, you know, that their matching is terrible, even if they're helped by algorithms, um, that there, there's usually still some bias creeping in. No, man. This role really needs to go. It needs to be replaced by technology and augmented with other great technologies. I'm very bullish on what assessment technology can do. From where it came from to where it is now, companies like, again, let's do some shout outs. Brick, Vervo, Tesco, Gorilla, the Selection Lab, Maki people in France, man. They are doing stuff right now assessment-wise that can really start to predict someone's job performance. And don't want to curse in the church, a cultural fit. <laughs> We keep pretending that thing doesn't exist or we keep aligning it to our own by or age. But no, I'm talking about people that thrive in the formal or informal culture, like people that are 9, 5, or 24, 7, et cetera. These type of things, man, these assessment companies and these bots are getting much, much better. No, are getting, are much, much better than 99.90% of the humans. Plus, they are literally a million times more productive. Uh, I, I know in this whole voice technology category, last time I'll do a round of names that you sh should look into. But my frame, it's Scotty Technologies. But then there's Jenna AI, there's Qualify, there's Curious Thing, there's Rackridge, there's Okta. All these companies, they can interact with half a million to a million um, job seekers at the same time. And that number is scalable. That's only their cloud consumption. If they would get to a level where they're interviewing 7 million, 20 million, 30 million people at the same time, they can do that. Versus a human who can do one. Stop it. It's over. Let's finally point all of our minds, all of our tech, all of our processes and bring each other into this new paradigm of hiring where we have talent and we have companies and hiring managers. So candidates and hiring managers, let's bring those two together at scale without needing that, that human far less capable middleman. Yeah, I think tech needs to focus on not making life easier for the recruiter, but making the journey more comfortable for the candidate. Yeah. And, and if we can. And the employer. And the employer. Yep. Works for both of them. As 
Global hiring manager service, right? You have, I love the talent intelligence organization with Toby. He runs it awesome stuff with these surveys and queries. And I think yep. those are folks on the hiring manager experience and that sort of stuff. Man, talk to the average hiring manager. How much do they like the recruitment department? Most recruitment departments don't want to know the answer to that. They don't have a great rep. And, and, and again, don't get me wrong. I'm not blasting recruitment departments and recruiters here. I, I, I love how everyone's trying to do their best to the best of their, their, their means, right? And I love recruiting. I've been in this industry for 17 or 16 years. I'll probably never get out. I, I know how much incredible impact it makes on the human when they change a job, where they explore their passions, where they develop their skills. Man, I'm a completely different person because of where I work in terms of my skill sets, my passions, my knowledge. I wouldn't have been where I am without jobs. I'm not against, I'm not advocating against that. Like I'm telling us that we can all together, if we're truly passionate for helping people hire, uh, and, and, and helping people get higher, then we should step up our game and create this new paradigm. All of these interfaces, mate, that we're building are being built for rules that we need to get rid of if we want to do a better job. They're being built for recruiters. We need to come together, companies like Vizier, the analytics businesses, com companies like yours, the, the entire, you know, if, you, if you're able to manage a funnel, great, but now imagine that there's an AI actually measuring it and an AI interacting step-by-step step and taking an action instead of a human based on where someone is in the process because these AIs are already at level or better already. We just don't see it. The only thing right now holding us back from delivering a much, much better candidate experience and employer hiring experience is adoption, is the Google bell curve. We need a bunch of ambassadors, not folks like me, by the way, because I'm on the legal side, I'm on the vendor side. No, we need recruitment technology leaders, heads of recruitment, VPs of hirings, chief people officers with the co-holdings to go ahead and try something crazy and pit some bots against their sourcing team in a real closed down experiment. And there's a company that did it in, in the Netherlands, they're called Young Capital. They pitted a couple of thousand uh, candidates in their database against another couple of thousand in the database. Then they took their sourcing team or uh, their interviewing team and they took a bot's interviewing team and uh, the bot managed to interview four, 4,000. The bot managed to do a thousand placements in four hours when the entire sourcing team managed to do less than 40. And the MPS on the bot side was way higher than on the uh, side. That's what the whole something people want to talk to humans that prefer to talk to humans over bots, not true anymore. And then also finally, completion ratio. The bot completion ratio was over 90%, 92 or something percent. Astronomically higher than the completion ratio of the conversations with the humans. So if you take that case study, what we need is to shop those case studies across every event in the world. That needs to be the core focus. Case studies where we actually removed recruiters and showed way better results. That will allow us through these ambassadors, the, these people that had the balls to try and do it and, and did it, let them, for, let them speak about it, let them educate us. You know, that's how we pull the large majority in more quickly. And there will always be laggards. There are still lamplighters in Paris. There are still lamplighters in, in London. Uh, but those are symbolic. And maybe there will be some companies that will advocate, hey, if you, if you apply it to us, you can speak to us. Maybe they'll be part of their employer brand. That people will like that. But I think that will actually be the niche. Uh, there are still people that call it travel agents. It, it exists. There will always be a little bit of that in, somewhere in the world. But 
I think it'll be reduced to a minimum very quickly once we hit that inflection point. And it will come. So whether you're an RPO or you're an employer or you're a staffing agency, you have two options. You got you can be one of the early adopters, you can be part of the vast majority, but if you're part of the legacy, you probably won't exist because you'll be yeah. completely overtaken by your competitors and, and your competing employers that are offering these way more productive, way more effective, and way better experiences to, to, the, to the world of talent. The greatest advancement in recruitment technology is here. If you haven't seen Shazam yet, do yourself a favor. Their cutting-edge recruitment website tech is making clients across the globe more successful online. Shazami is taking the recruitment industry by storm due to the opportunities it creates and the problems it solves. If you do anything this week for your business, make sure it's booking a time to check out Shazami. You know, a lot of people talk about when you talk about recruitment and recruitment excellence and modeling after the, the people who are doing it, a lot of people talk about the UK and they talk about Australia, but one that I never hear, right? I don't hear talked about a lot is the Netherlands and the Netherlands have figured it out. Australia, to me, Australia, Israel, Netherlands, for sure, Nordics, man, don't forget about the Nordics. They're quite experimental. They do some cool stuff. And my previous employer had some large enterprise clients there. I was, you know, very uh, impressed by it. The, the will to innovate. I don't know what it is. In the Netherlands, I can imagine, well, Australia, Israel, Netherlands, what do we all have in common? Even the Nordics, but these closed off type of their own incubated type of geographies with their language, their own culture, their own large, larger companies are very big over there, but not very known outside of it. So they, maybe that's something, maybe, but, but I don't know how that would actually quit the innovative spirit, but yeah, there, there's some incredible tech coming out of those regions. I love it, but there's incredible tech coming out of many regions right now. Like I, I'm seeing mm. Ber Burson, Burson talked about this, about these generations of how technology was built. We had technology at first on-prem, then technology went into the cloud, then we had technology with AI put into it. And now we have technology that's in the cloud and that's built on top of AI. AI is the foundation of the whole technology. And two things are happening because of that. Because if you think about it, another job that will probably disappear is software developers. And that's not coming from me. That's coming from some of the, the leading CEOs in the software space. I don't know who mentioned the step, but apparently 40% of the code on GitHub is AI generated right now. And GitHub themselves predicted that five years time will be 90%, right? Because of yeah. that trend, coding something, creating something is becoming so much easier for everyone, whether it's the backend, the frontend interface or content, all of that stuff is also generatively produced right now. So if you have a good idea and you can actually communicate with the bot, you can communicate that idea effectively. You can essentially build something these days. And I'm seeing all of these startups pop up. Um, speed will be incredibly important for them. You need to get some kind of an unfair market share to, to, in many cases, train your large language model that they create in these open source models now and everyone's building their proprietary models. And that's, I think, where you can make a difference by knowing more about a specific audience or, or, or niche data set than anyone else in that space and getting an ultra advantage and dropping the price because of it being staying the most affordable. But the horizon to build it, these horizons coming back incredibly quickly and if I would be having this conversation with you last year, this time last year, I would have sound like, like I was crazy. This wasn't science fiction, but 
thank God for, oh, we'll see whether we have to thank him, but for ChatGP, because of that, now, that grown to 100 million people, but so many people are using it. It's so much easier for people to imagine uh, a technology creating something straight in front of you, straight in front of your eyes. And what we need right now is what I'm seeing right now, actually, is more and more of these startups also trying to solve existing problems but built on top of AI. The mistake I see in making is that they're building more status quo. But I mean, is they're building the interfaces, their processes with recruiters in mind, with humans in mind that will use them and just slow all of it down. We need to start building for the new paradigm, new reality, where we have higher managers, we have jobs, we're connecting those two at scale. And actually we're doing something more. We're not just connecting jobs. I think that's also a limitation. And the hats off to all these companies in the internal mobility space, the Gloats, L365, Neobrain, Reject. I'm sure I missed a few because there are more and more popping up there. Oh, the old school, a few 50, obviously. And external, we're offering people their APIs to, to build the stuff upon. I think it'll be much more about matching people with purpose and with careers. Until AI does away with all of our jobs, which I think one day, the way it's going will happen and keeping us busy will be something incredibly important. And at that point, maybe our little HR and, and hiring industry will give the world purpose. Uh, I think that's also, if you extrapolate all the way, quite ambitious. Because what will we do? That's a question that we always ask. What will we do if there are no more jobs? I wouldn't be able to tell you yet. My bet that by that time, a bot will be able to tell you and give you a meaningful, purposeful life where you get the most out of it and we die comfortably healthy, reflecting back on, on the fulfilled investment of your, fulfilling investment of your time. And I think that's also uh, what, what we are building towards as an HR and a, and a TA industry, but definitely not if we keep building for this incredibly limited, backwards, old school, almost no innovation having function that for F's sake is still looking at incredibly backward, already predominantly disproven things like CVs. But stop building for this. Start focusing on skills, passion, purpose, long-term, and, and, and build on top of AI with this future in mind that it is, it is just unrecognizable from what we're looking at right now. Like, how long? Okay, I know I'm on a rant. But even all, the, all, of these after, all of these laptops, all these mobile phones, how long do they exist, right? Do we need to keep using them if we have completely voice-generated technologies that can assess us, with, infused with, with, with brick assessments. And it's happening on both sides, by the way. It's not just the company sourcing talent using bots, what I'm talking about right now. No, candidates en masse have figured out that their bots can apply for them, write their cover letters, fabricate their CVs at incredible scale. So we already are going into, we already have this, right? We have algorithms that are, matching CVs that are completely fabricated by candidates at scale. We already have bots talking to each other. Well, you have an agent, like you have, I have a whole team, I have an accountant, I have a lawyer, I have people representing me when I'm trying to achieve something that I don't do on a daily basis and I'm not specialized in. Guess what people don't do on a daily basis and normally aren't specialized in? Freaking interviewing. Interviewing is a skill, right? I did it recently. I sucked. I sucked. It was the first of six years interviewing. Jeez, I didn't know what to do. It's funny. Uh, we assume that, that people have these skills. No, they will use bots to represent them. They will be what's called reviewed by bots that are representing the employer. 
And that's, I don't think a risk. I think that's a normal evolution of technology, the way that people use it. What we will need, what we will need is verification. We recently had the web for the 3.0 bubble pop with FTX crashing and obviously many of these fake ass tokens going to zero, but it's very similar to what happened with .com. It's not like the internet was a bad idea, .com bubble burst, but now new companies also in our space and need to shout out CV Wallet by Richard Collins. That's a web 3.0 repository where candidates can store anything that is relevant to them navigating the HR and TA markets, like their resume, but they'll be done of skills that they've either acquired in the past or have now, assessments that they've done that prove these skills and validate them, references that they have received, forever. And if you have, if you stick that in the middle, so you have verified jobs and requirements and these and these, you have verified candidates with skills. Yes, please let these bots instantly match people to jobs. Forget about applying. You're working somewhere and your assistant tells you, hey, Brad, three months time from now, secured a new job for you because we're feeling that you're getting a bit to the end of your capabilities here. The company isn't changing enough. So it's time for you to leave. Don't worry. We've informed your employer. We already found a new hire for them that will be starting at exactly the same time. And we're already onboarding your new hire. And you'll go, oh, great. Where am I going? You don't even mind. Oh, new job. Will I like this company? No, you trust this bot so much because he did it the last five times in your career. You're like, oh, whoa, wonderful. Oh, by the way, you're getting a raise as well again. Oh, is it similar to like, yeah, like last time. Thank you. Whatever the heck you call that modern assessment. This is, this will happen. You will have a line around you sorting your shit all the time. Also your groceries or your holidays or your, or, or, or your entertainment, you know, all, all, all that stuff as well. But please technology founders, creators, existing people in this space, think about this type of future where there is no more friction in talent mobility, no more friction in hiring. We've removed it mainly through technology. I think that, that's, that was a lot to unpack. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> I apologize. I... <laughs> no, this is fantastic. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, uh, a big supporter of eliminate the resume. And... I think web 3.0 is the answer to that. One of the, I think it's a big part of it. And people are a little bit afraid to adopt technology like AI to blame iRobot and the ghosts in the machines, but there's, we use a lot of it. And I think what chat GPT did, you talked about chat GPT. I think what chat GPT did was allow us to see how easy and effective AI can be for the layperson, because before I was using AI probably without even knowing it. And now with chat GPT, I can see how I can manip manipulate AI a little bit. And so we're seeing all of these people develop skills like chat uh, GPT engineers and stuff and people putting out playbooks of how to manage chat GPT and, and things like that. So it, it's challenging us to think a little bit differently, which is amazing. Chat GPT showed us a little bit un, under the skin, a little bit inside the onion of what AI really is. So if you were putting together the ideal tech stack for a recruiting department, a recruiterless recruiting department, what would that tech stack look like? It all starts with planning. 
uh, quoting Daniel Hodgson, you know, 99% of recruiters' problems or recruitment's problems stem from it being a reactive function. That makes no sense in this data day and age. So heads off again to the talented dentist community, also people like Danny for helping people plan, understanding who you need, where you need them and when. Next, likely some advertising technology. You can also add that programmatically. You can now hyper tailor content to very specific audiences. In the future, you will be tailoring your contents to the individual, not you, not your marketing department. That would be impossible. A bot will be doing that. So depending on who you're speaking to, the tone of voice, the, the imagery that will change, probably some advertising technology there. If you cannot find people in your database first, so very likely some in an external sourcing technology. I mentioned these brands before. Companies that can look into your uh, database first to see if anyone's in there already that you can maybe promote or revive or, or, or someone, a runner-up that was there. Or source 800 million profiles externally. I will 100% put voice technology in there. Very few companies do it yet, but being able to outbound call candidates on their mobile phone at scale, um, especially if you combine it with an existing database or an external database, incredibly effective. Uh, and then I would source those folks uh, using uh, likely one or more of the assessment provides I mentioned, uh, probably some other ones for coding skills. For example, you got HackerRank and CodeSignal and whether you're a desk clearance server, you got that whole category for coding. Although I think that by the time that I'm building this tech stack, I might not need software developers. Uh, and at this point, for sure, I do. I would very likely add some, if you need some background screening, some of that stuff that would likely be there, some verification, unless... These candidates already have a CV wallet and they can already prove in Web 3.0 that they have verified skills, all that stuff, that they don't need to jump through the assessment hoops or the coding hoops or even the background screen anymore because I already have the data then. Um, and then finally, very likely some onboarding technology, give people a good experience, prepare them well for their first day. After the first day, check if everything was up to their expectations uh, and maybe handle them a little bit. And then finally, some candidate experience survey type of software. Qualtrics launched something beautiful, starred and what's their name? Talent Hub. I think they just acquired or merged. That's interesting. Trust Crude is good. But yeah, figuring out if the experience that you're providing is the right one uh, to build a continuous improvement loop in, in the whole piece. Uh, I would also target that, by the way, to the uh, hiring team, to the hiring manager team. Um, we keep forgetting that. I don't know if it's on purpose because we know that as recruitment function, we're being hated for sometimes good reasons, sometimes less, but we really should build continuous improvement loops in there as well. And on the, on the Hans show, I didn't talk about that category enough, but it was really folks are hiring, but hiring is internal ability and internal growth. It's a huge part of that. I don't think it's different. I actually think that internal recruitment teams also manage that process instead of hand it over to HR, which happens sometimes it doesn't. But I would definitely put in these companies that can convey career paths, match skills with potential career paths, or do you want to go the management route, the individual contributor route, or you want to do some kind of vertical movements. And it would be great to have that in there. Uh, but like I told you my example before, I would already promote those pants. I would stop promoting jobs that much. If I would be building the ideal tech stack and the ideal hiring process, I'll very much be selling the the career path opportunity rather than that old job hopping trend that's been the case since what is it the last how many years is it even like 
10, 20, I don't know. We take it for granted, but it didn't used to be that way. And I wonder what, yeah, there must, there must be some benefits for it, developing new skills, seeing something different. But the truth is also, from my experience, most people really start smashing after year three. That's when you know how the company works, the yeah. policies, and et cetera. So these one year here, one and a half year here type of stents, it cannot be good. I, look, maybe I'll like prove it wrong again by, by research or AI, but right now, I, I don't think it can be good. And I think that all, I don't know who sold it to us, that, that hire and fire or the job pop culture, but I, I don't buy it. I personally don't buy it. And I think if we can improve how we prepare people on what they can expect in their uh, career, uh, at working at a certain place, uh, have the balls to collaborate with other employers, create partnerships between employers for people that do want to see something else a little bit differently, like you have uh, with universities that, 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 that combine years away somewhere else. Maybe those are interesting partnerships to switch talent up. But anyway, you asked me about the tech stack. I think these, well, now internal mobility companies, once they really evolve into these talent marketplace companies, which they, which they surely will, is the only logical way for them to go. Then, yeah, I would definitely add that to the tech stack as well. And then I would have agents manage it, virtual agents, artificial AI agents. You were talking about Chedji, these playbooks. You know how these playbooks are created, Brad? Not by experts in AI. How is it possible that ChatGDP went live and a month later, some people are producing high quality playbooks with all these prompts on how to achieve what you want to do? These were people that AI. understood. Ask the bots to do that for you and slap some content on it, sell it for 50 bucks on Instagram a thousand times. The, what we, the only real skill, the only real skill to achieve our objectives that we will have to develop is our communication skill towards bots. People are very bad at articulating what they want. If you don't believe me, then explain to me why all the relation therapists are there. You know why that's a whole fiction industry, right? But also why people usually are working in a position that they don't really feel comfortable with or they don't have the salary. Intrinsically, we're, we're not that great at really communicating, communicating clearly what we want. Thankfully, already in my kid's preschool, they're starting to, because the actual preschool teachers acknowledge, wow, probably by the time these kids are 20, jobs will be gone for the largest part. And we'll just be instructing bots to figure out everything that we need for our lives. That's what we need to get good at. Prompting. These prompt engineers are usually just people that ask JetGDP, hey, I got this thing that I need to sort. I have no idea how to do this. What prompts should I give you so that you produce what I need? That's why they built these playbooks. So that's what we need to get really good at. And managing the Brilliant. bot, right? If you use the bot, you know that it's never right on the first go. Don't get disappointed. Manage it like an employee. Give it customer instructions up front. Create specific agents for a specific task. Let them communicate with each other through APIs. Right now, it's quite hard to do it. But in the future, in the near future, I predict that managing your, your army of agents would be very similar to playing a video game. I saw that somewhere. I'm not going to get, take credit for it, but I can't, I'll share the source later. Because I don't want to take credit for it, but it really resonated with me. Because we are quite good at managing video games. And at some point, if you're almost managing your household's army of agents, and one will be concerning your career, the other one will be for your health, the other one will be for your for parenting, the other one will be for just the daily stuff you need to fix. And thankfully, we won't really, I, I don't know how good we will actually have to get it ourselves because some smart entrepreneurs for sure 
we'll jump into that gap. We're like, if you're not that good at communicating what you want, we can actually help you with this simple technology that we'll ask you a bunch of questions about you, about your life. You'll import some of your data, which will be protected with Web 3.0, probably not by CV wallet because they focus on HR. Maybe that will be again some other wallet. That's what I'm predicting to happen there. But please recover the industry. I know I'm saying it for the third time, but let's not be the industry again that lags 10 years behind this stuff. Because what you've built actually, Brad, your, which I think is a brilliant piece of kit, more companies should use it, has been around the business and consumer industry for almost two decades. This whole HubSpot, Marketo, Elopa, yep. the revolution that, that your kick and maybe a little bit of Mr. Borden built in back in the day are the only two use cases that I've seen in recruitments that, that kind of come up to par to those you know, marketing automation solutions in terms of scoring and, and automation. Please, recruitment industry, let's not do, do it again. Let's, not, let, let's have a good reason not to be stuck in the broom closet, metaphorically, on, in the HR department with no real authority, no real budget, no seat at the table. All these things that we're complaining about, we need to stop building for the status quo. What we're doing is one of the most important things that we can do. We're giving people jobs, which mean income, purpose, fulfillment, at the top of the freaking pyramid of the Maslow. You cannot get there without what we're doing. Let's not do it 10 years behind what all the other industries are doing. And I'm not sure we've seen it, but if you want to see how far advanced, for example, voice technology is, Google Air AI Tesla. And you see a guy that visited a webpage, was called by technology, asked a bunch of discovery questions, and sold a test drive at his local Tesla dealer. If you can guide someone to make a 80 grand, 120 grand purchase decision without any human interaction, just a good website, a good marketing automation tool, and a voice technology, now turn that potential car buyer into a candidate and turn the Tesla dealer into a hiring manager. The salesperson at the Tesla dealer is not a recruiter, it's actually the hiring manager. They're highly specialized specifically for, for, for selling you that car. That's, their, that, that's what they're there for. Ultimately, I think will go because the cars drive themselves. So the car will drive to your home, you'll jump in it, they'll drive you around, they'll ask you, how was that? You'll say, well, that was great. You'll hold up for you a good entertainment plan, you won't even, it won't even drive people stay in front of your house. Sales jobs are going the way of the recruiter job as well, which pains me because I, I used to be a sales guy, it's mass sales teams. That's another role. If, if when I do my consulting is right now, I advise startups and in, in many cases, I advise them to try and solve much of the sales funnel through voice technology, if possible. It keeps costs astronomically lower, always a super innovative experience for the buyer. Anyway, let's keep the conversation regarding recruitment. But know that all the other industries are doing this right now. We need to get with the program and let's not lag behind like we usually do. We talk about sales and recruitment. And like you, you said, keep this focused on recruitment, but they are tied and, and we make oh, that yeah. comparison all the time. Marketing and sales function. But I, but I think for the first time in, in history, if not for just a long time, recruitment is poised to be a leader of adoption. And they're usually not, like you said, they're usually 10 years behind. We're in a position where we can actually lead the way. And I think that's what we need to do. Listen, man, it, it has been fabulous having you on and you and I could go on for a couple more hours, <laughs> but we, we don't want to lose the attention of the audience and we want to keep it coming back for more. I really appreciate it. I will link all of your information down below. 
but any closing thoughts? No, I just a call out. I'm looking for these ambassadors that I talked about earlier. I'm genuinely looking for that. There are people in this industry that, that think they, they understand, they know what I'm saying is actually happening is right, but maybe they daren't say it too loudly in the corporate environment that they're in because the people that they were supplying it with mud budget will literally be made obsolete if this plan comes into fruition. All these middle managers, all these different. So if you're one of those and you're ready for disruption, or if you're a leader and you actually own this whole functional, you can decide on it and you want to do something next level, but you're not sure where to start. Like what, which technology should I look at into? How do I connect them all together? Man, I'm happy, I'm happy to do that for you free of charge. If you were willing to be an ambassador like that, I'm happy to introduce you to the right folks and create case studies that we can shop around the world, elevate this whole industry into this, I keep saying new paradigm, one that we can't even fully imagine yet because it will mean that we need to completely rethink our process, our tech and our people and org cards and let's make it freaking happen for the better yes. of the candidate, for the better of the employer and for the better of our industry. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, man. Love it. Thanks, Luke.